0: You are listening to the weekly Great Governance Podcast hosted by Dr. Harlan. So why do we do what we do? We are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities. We share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms. Doctor Bushak, you are first and foremost a man of the cloth. Why is it, you know, that the church and the faith community in general appear to have gone silenced and to ground? And why is it that they're not at the centre of addressing the many wrongs in South Africa? Is it a question of fear?
1: Well, uh, that's a uh, that's a very painful issue for me um, because uh, I think honestly, one can say that. After 1994, the church that we knew in the 1970s and the 1980s, that prophetic church that so fearlessly addressed the wrongs of the apartheid government, that church seemed to be disappeared. Um, That church has no longer uh, the voice that that it had. And it's not that that voice has been taken away from us i think i think we we decided to be silent we we became almost what the dutch reformed church was um with the old apartheid regime uh that cozy relationship. We have the same agenda. And so when something goes wrong, we will not embarrass our government. We will whisper into our government's ears. And, and, and you do that also when you assume that that relationship is so intimate. It is more intimate. A relationship with those in power than it is with the people of God who suffer under that abuse of power. You don't see the abuse of power if you think you are a partner to that power, if you whisper into power's ears. Now the prophets in the, in the Bible, always spoke out clear and loud so that the people could hear that their pain is being given voice to those who are in power. They condemned those in power loudly and in public and clearly when they did wrong, because they knew that the people needed that voice and needed that encouragement. The people knew somebody was standing up for us as somebody was intervening, um, not just intercessioning for us, but intervening for us and calling people to account. And in our situation, where it is clear that government is going wrong in a myriad ways, and serious ways. Um, And nobody dares call government to count, not the ANC in its its inner circle, not the party as a whole, not parliament, not the courts. The public protector uh, writes uh, a wishy-washy report that is a shame on our justice system. Nobody from the church who has positions stands up to say, this is wrong. Um and so what this letter that you and I talked about um what this letter has done is ha it has it has really i mean i, I did not expect it has gone viral it has sent me back uh um uh, uh, reactions that I never never expected. Most of the reactions though are from old political activists and young people who inquire but there are now also reactions coming in from churches um, and I've got an invitation to go and speak uh, in KwaZulu-Natal and I'll, they're working on an invitation for somewhere up in Khao Teng so the churches are beginning to see well we have done wrong and I, my prayer is that we will see what God has been able to do with us and through us in those very dark and difficult days and that those dark and difficult days are again upon us. Um, somebody asked me the other day, but you know, that did what you do and what you say, it means that you're not a favorite amongst those in power. I said, no, I'm not. Uh, I haven't been for a very long time. But I have a friend in the the United States. He's a judge. His name is Randall Griffin. He always, when we talk about these things, he reminds me of the the prophet Ezekiel. Now in chapter 2, I think verse 5, God says to Ezekiel, now I'm sending you to these people. And they won't listen to you because they are a stubborn people and they will do all sorts of things against you. But he says to, God says to Ezekiel, whatever they do, whether they listen or not, they must know that there was a prophet of God amongst them. And that is what I'm hoping the churches should begin to understand. And if... If the small movement now in the churches that I'm beginning to see gathers momentum and we begin to to find again our prophetic voice and our prophetic courage and our prophetic boldness and our prophetic truthfulness and faithfulness, then I think... Our people will then not have a movement not only with a rejuvenated political leadership, but also with a rejuvenated spiritual leadership. And oh, my God, if that happens, man, if that happens, this country will change as in like this. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. So, That's what
0: I'm okay. um, if, you, if, if you look at your, your, your own contribution, I started this podcast by saying that your contribution cannot be denied. You know, uh, in your in your golden years where you are now, you know, I, I sometimes say we can still smell, we, you have used it. We lived through the trauma of apartheid. We now live through the trauma of the disappointments of, of democracy. Yeah. What role do you think or, or, or where is God directing you what is left for Alan Busak to do in South Africa?
1: Well, Alan Busak, if Alan Busak had his way, Alan Busak would have a little house looking over the sea, and I would not count traffic, but I would count the dolphins that jump in front of me. But that <laughs> that, that that is not happening. I mean I'm, uh, I really don't know. And I'm uh honestly, Harlan, uh, uh, I'm a bit I'm a bit afraid because some of the reactions from people um are a bit scary. The expectations are now so high. And the expectation also that, that I should be somehow part of this. I am banking on the fact, uh, even though someone said to me that, that we now know there's a reason why you are at your age, but still as energetic as you seem to be. And God has kept you like this for a time like this. Well, it, 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 I hope it only means. That I am spared to articulate certain things, to say certain things, um, to give advice to a younger leadership um, or raise a new leadership in time for us to stop the catastrophe, to to limit the damage, to turn the country around. And I am convinced that there are that there are millions of young, energetic, bright, gifted, talented people in South Africa. You are. A generation younger than I am I'm looking at people like yourself I'm looking at other young people I'm hoping that the score will bring them out because I talk to young people and the one guy said to me doc I listen to you but you know what I get up in the morning and by the time I I go to bed at night I feel tossed between a desperate boiling anger and a deep 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 depressive desperation Mm. and that is true that is true well, the church has a message, but politics can also have a message of hope that will turn them around. But it can no longer be on my shoulders. I... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 35 years old anymore. Mm. I'm not the Alan Busak I was in 1976. Um, I sometimes think I am, but that's a mistake that old people make. So I mustn't do that. But so I'm hoping on this, on this new generation that I might give advice to, that they are the people who must now take up the baton Mm. and run with it because the most important thing that we must realize as we are still in the race the struggle is not yet over and we must still cross that
0: finish line but you rightly say you are you are critical of the DA and equally critical of the ANC you critical of the of the uh Freedom fighters. So uh, is there a place for you in South African politics, the pulpit or politics, or, or are they one in the same? Well,
1: well, no, 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 I, I don't. Well, no, um, I've always been political, um, even when I was a full-time cleric, you know that. When I went into politics, um, the reason why I left politics so quickly is because I found out I can't live in this atmosphere. This is this is this is not this is not why I can flourish. This is not because there was no space to do justice in our politics. Even from so clearly onwards, as the late 1990s and 2000, you could begin to see. But if we can revamp, reborn our political system, because it's the system now that corrupts people. Even if you go in with good intentions, it seems that you fall over the cliff uh, a year later. Um, Is there a way in which we can send people into politics, hold them up, pray for them, sustain them, nurture them, stand by them, hold their feet to the fire, hold them accountable so that they who are inside can change those politics? I do not see an active political role for myself anymore, no. But I do see an active political role for myself as a responsible citizen and as a cleric and as a person of faith.
0: I think I think one one thing you mentioned earlier that South Africans now exactly what what leadership looks like. It's not white. It's not black. It's uh it's it sits in a value system. But I also have a lot of white colleagues who who come to me and say they feel alienated from the body politic. You know, uh, is is that they they want to be a part, but they feel not part so what what role then you know uh, and we and we are obsessed in this country with this four nation theory colored indian white and african who's african yeah. and who's not how do we then how do we you know bishop tutu talked about a rainbow nation you know is there something like South, South Africanism? You know, where is the space of identity? Will it always be there? You know, we grew up with, uh, there's no such thing as colored. Uh, my friend Jerome Topley says, you can't talk about of a clear ling. You talk about a ling. Uh, this thing about yeah. identity and where does this all fit in?
1: Well, clearly identity policies have turned us into a a very divided uh, nation. Um, we are all Africans, but we are not all Africans. I mean, according to the ANC, I'm a colored and not an African. And I keep on saying the ANC uh, can do what it's like, but I will fight them hardest on my Africanists. I am an African, uh, I am Khoi, I am San, I am, uh, I am South African Bantu, as my DNA says, which means I'm Ishi Kosa. Uh, I am Kosa, my, 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 family half, um, are Kosa-speaking people or were Kosa-speaking people on the Busak side. So I I must tell you, um, I find that, I, I find this a very unhappy situation where we are now. Um, but, um, when you are of africa your heart is in africa you can't be of africa while your heart is in europe and while your view of africa and your africanness is a european inspired view if you know what i mean and that's good. so so when black consciousness is a, it's not a question of color to be black, we can say it's not a question of color to be an African, but then Africans must be Africans. There must be a solidarity that is inspired by African values, the good values, not that every African value. So, so the Rainbow Nation was a bit of a was a bit of a. Um, was a bit of a, an optimistic uh, symbol kind of thing for me. It sounded great, but it was too early, also, for that. We were not anchored in a reality with a rainbow nation. And, and Archbishop Tutu and I had often talked about. That. And I knew he meant it differently. Uh, he meant it as a, as a jubilant forecast almost of what we can become. Um, but we, if, if that is what we want to become, then you must put in the hard work. Um, and the hard work has not been put in. In fact, hard work has been put in to push us backwards and, uh, and away from one another. So. Cultivating that common Africanness, cultivating that common solidarity, cultivating that thing that our people ought to be united people. That's why you hear me speaking to you. I was an heiress here. I will, I will accept these invitations if people mean well. There are already people who are beyond the pale. If you, if, if, if you Are white and you instigate people to march to the EFF offices to go and kill people because you say that's already so wrong you are beyond the pale um and 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 but it shows you also where we are um and so but i believe there are masses of south africans uh from all south african uh, entities that we are, um, who do not want this to happen, who do not want this, I'm a colored, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a that, who wants just to be a South African, an African who knows the country that we live in is ours. Now, of course, I must say in brackets, that will not be done, that cannot be real until the land question is addressed. So you can't jump over the land question. You can't jump over the redistribution of the wealth question. You can't jump over all of these questions and then come to say, oops, we're a rainbow nation. That's the mistake of the rainbow nation. A rainbow nation jumped all of the realities and said, let's, let's be that. We have to work through that. Do the painful work, but do it next to each other. Talk to one another. Talk each other through it and, 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 and let us make Clear that the sacrifices have to be made and the justice must be seen to be done. And when all of that is done, and even in the doing of it, we will discover a togetherness and a solidarity with one another that we will not only find is new because it's new, but it's new because we lost it and we have discovered it again. Oh, uh-
0: Professor Sampeter Peter advocated the wealth tax, and you're not touching it about the redistribution. So how ah, how,
1: yeah.
0: how 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 should that work? You know, uh, some well, it's, it's economically the, uh, possible.
1: Well, I don't know. There's been two, two, uh, also. Proposed a two percent wealth tax on on the wealth of white people um, uh, in this country to begin as the beginning of a redress, and they got so angry with him. There was one young person who wrote, uh, "I will remember," who says, "The Oman He must just die now." So that's how angry they were that they cursed him to death. Um, but Peter Bhattacharjee was an economist, and he knew why. He said that and you could work that out for us to see how it would work. So I am. I'm a black preacher, and you mustn't let Duermannis loose on those details. Let the experts work it out, and let the expert explain to us what it is that is necessary, because I know it is possible. I know it is possible, it's not impossible. We must not begin with there is no alternative to the nonsense that we have now. We must begin there is an alternative and we have the obligation to find that alternative. And I will call on every single expert with a good heart. I know there are economists whose hearts are right, whose minds are clear and who can work these things. The ANC doesn't talk to them because the ANC is a new liberal capitalist party who doesn't want to change. But we as a movement can bring them in and we can talk. There are educationists in this country who know exactly what went wrong with our education system, who can bring alternatives to what we have right now to make sure that we have a decent alternative educational system. We are there are people who can say to us, This is how you train young people. Not everybody can go or is equipped to go to university. Not everybody needs to go to university. We need all sorts of people. We need electricians. We need people who can work these things to make the country work. And that the pride of doing what I am best trained at doing, that should, but no South African has pride anymore. And so we got to bring that back uh, in order to make all these other things work. And and I am almost beginning to see as, as I talk to people, maybe that's part of my job to see whether we can inspire people to grasp this and to take this and embrace this and then use their expertise and their knowledge and their gifts and their talents to make it happen because i i, I do believe that we are a rich rich
0: rich nation in terms of our people so and we can do this stuff so so what so what should the role of the university for example be you know the university churns out such a lot of academic people that all these theories what should the role be of academia in 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 shaping this, this new south africa
1: well we have we have we have we need of expertise uh at all sorts of levels and university must see themselves not as academicians detached from The project, the project is how do we turn South Africa into a just, egalitarian, open, democratic, non-racial, non-sexist, inclusive society. Every university should have that as the center point of their mission statement. Then they begin to say, "We are the University of Stellenbosch. This is where we are. This is our situation." And and in all of this, the connectedness with the communities in which they are. Our universities are too detached from the communities where they live. They create people with an elite mindset who do not even know how to talk to people on the street. Who forget immediately where they come from the moment they put BA behind their their behind their their names. And so you got to ha- create a new culture, university have transformation programs. They already have them. So let us see what that means. But they've got to put money behind it. They've got to put man, uh, person power behind it. They've got to put their minds behind it. They've got to put ideological thinking behind it. They have to put curriculum behind it. And so one of the first things that I would do if I were in such a position is call these universities together and not all of them say, just begin in the Western Cape. So let's, let's talk. What is it that you guys um, are doing to make sure that we turn South Africa into this kind of society? How does that link up with your curriculum and with your degrees and with your relationship with the? And I'm sure that some universities are already doing that. Mm. Um, uh, and and other universities may be not as successful. But so we must make sure that every university who bears the name is not a school detached from the realities of the people from where it draws its clientele, its students, its future degree people. Um, And so,
0: yeah, universities have a role, and they um, may just play it out. Some would say that you, this all sounds to communism, socialism. It's to, uh, how do you, how do you package what you are saying? Is that constitutionalism? Because that's what the constitution says.
1: No, the constitution doesn't say it all. That's why the constitution has to be changed. So the constitution is a is a, is a new liberal democratic constitution uh, written by our guys, but the voices of, uh, whispering in their ears came from America and from Europe. That's fine for Europe and America, but we have to have. And I am and look, there's a young man who said the constitution is not the freedom charter, um, and that was his. Clear conviction can we have a constitution that looks more than this, uh, more like the freedom charter Can we have we have a brilliant bill of rights let me say that i don't think there's anything wrong with our bill of rights i love it um but you got to begin by changing that longest clause article 25 About property rights, because they hide the land question and the impossibility of getting our land back. They hide in this lovely sounding thing about private property. And if you read that, the person living in that uh, in that in that in that little boxy house in in Bonteable or somewhere thinks, oh, they're talking about me. They're talking about us. They're not talking about. They're talking about these people who own five farms right across from me here, and around the mountain by you. Although that's the people they're talking about, and so so that's a that's a skewed understanding um, of our country. And if we. And we say our constitution is built on Ubuntu and it's built on reconciliation. I would start the con- the, the, the constitution by unpacking what that means. What does Ubuntu mean? Because Ubuntu traditionally doesn't even live room for the equality of women or the equality of LGBTQI people. Um, and, and, and so you can't just use Ubuntu because it sounds nice, Um Because we have Ubuntu, but we are at the moment one of the most violent countries and places in the whole world. Now, those two things don't come together. So unpack Ubuntu, what that means in the Constitution. Unpack reconciliation. It can't be the understanding of reconciliation of 1992 and 1994 and 1996. That that has proven to be a total, total disaster. It's a failure. We have to think new about what reconciliation means. Put that in the constitution so that you have a standard by which every act of reconciliation, whether it's in society or in the church or in the schools or in government or in business or in the courts or in the justice system, can be tested by that standard. That is a constitution for South Africa. No new liberal thinking, making sure that no not just my individual rights but the rights of my community the rights of my people the koi and the sum to claim their history as part of a living part not just words on our national emblem because the words on the national emblem has no relationship whatsoever to the reality of the descendants of the Koi and the San and the Nama and the slave people in this country. So those, those, I mean, I'm laying out an agenda here. You guys will be working on this agenda long after I am dead, but we have to begin somewhere,
0: Harlan. Dr. Butak, as we, as we draw this conversation to an end, you know, uh, looking back, you know, uh, you started off your ministry in Paul uh, from Kakamas. Would you, if you, if you look back, any, any regrets looking back? Uh,
1: Well, I mean, everybody, everybody has, everybody has regrets. Mm -hmm. God has been more, God has been more merciful uh, than we, than, than we deserve, um, I wonder if it would have been better for me to stay out of politics uh, and not become a, a career politician, as I as I was asked to become for the ANC, and then decided to go and do Cope, hoping that Cope would do better. Um, those were all mistakes. Maybe I don't belong in politics in that way. I don't know. Um, but the one regret within this conversation's context is is that is that. I did not fight harder to prevent the ANC from killing the United Democratic Front. If we had had the UDF, if our people had held on to that, to that unity and to that power and to that resilience that we had gotten from the struggles from before, if we had held on, it would have told the ANC, you can't just come here from overseas and within a year, Uproot and kill a movement that has done so much for our people that has actually brought apartheid down. Not MK. Let's be clear. It is that movement that broke apartheid because it was when the UDF was only two years old that the government was so threatened that they then ran overseas and told the ANC we better talk. That's when the secret talks began in 1985. Almost simultaneous to the declaration of the first state of emergency. That's how powerful we were. Um, and to have given that up and everything that folded in our civil society, in our churches, and everything that folded after, the, after that moment is a result of that one fatal decision um, to give in to the pressure of the ANC. Um, I didn't think uh further or far enough in my mind then, um Mandela was a very overpowering presence and when he came to me after three, four other people talked to me and I refused. Um I I mean but if 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 I knew then what I know now looking back, that is probably politically one of South Africa's biggest mistakes.
0: Okay. So how would you want to be remembered?
1: Ah uh, as somebody uh who saw injustice and tried to do something about it and try to be faithful in trying to do something about it.
0: Thank you very much for your time. You know, uh, I, I spoke earlier about uh, St. Peter Bland's being my academic hero, but you were, you were one of my heroes and a hero to so many others. I remember as a young university student uh, uh, at UWC, you coming into the great, great, great wall then. Uh, and Dr. Busak, and, and all of us always wanted to aspire to be like you, you know, clarity of thought and using your Christian convictions to address this, the, the evils of the apartheid system. And thanks for your honesty. Thank you for the voice that you still continue in this country to address the wrongs, even if it's from the DA or the ANC, whoever, you're not afraid to speak your mind. And for that, sir, we will always. Uh, Be grateful and we honor you for the person that you are. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, We really appreciate you. you. Thank you so much. Blessings to you. To the amazing and talented Great Governance team, The Voice, Mpumi Lali, and producer al respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great, right where we are. If you loved what you heard, subscribe to our Great Governance podcast that is available free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And of course, Also on our HRD Governance Facebook page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Listen to learn.